0: Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome everybody to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting at the DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphinswire.com. And today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bark. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like candy bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Today's a big day, Miami Dolphins fans. It is March 1st. And what it means when it becomes the month of March is it means we are within strike zone of the opening of the league year, which means in two weeks from today, the legal tampering period for NFL free agency will open, which means all these trades that have been agreed upon over the course of the past couple of of weeks and months, they can be processed on Wednesday the 17th, starting at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Teams can get on the horn with potential free agents. Deals can be agreed upon. So there is a lot of action That over the course of the next two weeks, we're going to have to brace ourselves for. And as a team in the Miami Dolphins, who have some cap space to spend, but maybe not the same oomph to their cap spending as some of the other top teams in the league. The next two weeks are going to tell us a lot about what the Dolphins' strategy is if they start cutting dead weight off the roster. Bit of an omen perhaps, that this is going to be yet another aggressive offseason for the Miami Dolphins. Is it a slam dunk? No. Is it open and shut? No. But we did get a report over the weekend, courtesy of Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, who does great work, that at least one person in Dolphins management supports another spending spree. The report came out on Friday. We hear there has been, this is direct quote from Barry Jackson. We hear there has been discussion inside the Dolphins about whether or not to clear out a lot of cap space and be very aggressive again in free agency. At least one person in the Dolphins upper brass supports another spending spree, but a decision must still be made. We're not going to try and figure out who it is. But nevertheless, somebody in the hierarchy of Miami Dolphins decision makers wants to run it back to the same degree, and maybe not the same degree, but in comparable fashion to the way the Dolphins spent in free agency last year, to which I say, could you imagine? First and foremost, say what you will about the Dolphins and their spending habits and uh, being off-season winners versus transitioning that to actual on-the-field products and, and spending in free agency not being a sustainable model. We've talked about on this show plenty of times why what the Dolphins did this past year uh, was somewhat the same but also quite different from what some of the past trends the Dolphins Uh, have made as far as spending and and how they structure their money and their salary cap situation. This kind of gets to that point where you're teetering back on old habits if you run it back. Do I anticipate we'll see another market setting nearly nine-figure contract? No, I don't. But this is certainly something to watch in that somebody in the building says, look, And what we spent last year on the defensive side of the ball, and look at the results that we got. A dramatically, drastically improved product. What's to say we can't do the same thing again on the roster yet again and have an equal level up as a roster? And where could we go if that's the case? And and I do see where that side of the fence is coming from, even though I am personally going to advocate for A little bit more selective fiscal spending and uh, play the long game a little bit more. You got this really young roster. You brought in all these rookies and second year players, and like the whole point of of hitting reset was to have a sustainable winner. You can have a sustainable winner by winning or by spending money and not having a ton of cap space to work with year in and year out. But you damn well better hit on what you spend if you're going to come back again in 2020. And conduct your business in the same degree in which we saw them do in 2020. Which brings me to an interesting kind of juncture. I know this is something that when we do power to the pot each week here on the show, I get a lot of questions about the backup quarterback spot and you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and apparently he's. Apparently been talking to the Broncos, even though that's frowned upon. It's in, now you're not in the legal tampering period, so I don't know how that's happened, but that's what Woody Page of the Denver Gazette had to say. What do the Dolphins do at backup quarterback? Do we draft a guy? Do we run it back with Reed Sinnott? Do we sign somebody? And here's my problem with you know now's as good a time as any as we kind of set the table over the next two weeks to really dig our teeth into free agency. My apprehension with drafting a player this year is now your top two quarterbacks have nine games of starting experience combined entering 2021. And if the Dolphins as a team, regardless of whether I choose to spend really aggressively in free agency or not, but if the Dolphins as a team are what we think they are, they are a team that can contend to win 10-plus games again in 2021. And if that's the expectation for your program, heaven forbid Tua gets banged up, has to miss a start, has to miss a handful of starts. Remember, he had the throwing thumb issue in season this year. And, of course, there's the narrative about durability because of the hip injury and the tightrope surgeries on his ankles for high ankle sprains, even though never mind the fact that those were elective procedures to help feel things faster. There is a durability question with Tua Tonga And if you're a team that feels like you can go out and win 10-plus games and potentially make the postseason, regardless of whether you go crazy in free agency or not, To have no experience in the quarterback room other than the second half of 2020 with Tua Valoa is a slippery slope and not necessarily one that I'm going to endorse. I would much rather see the Dolphins come out, have somebody who has some experience as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Obviously, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick can be that guy anymore, uh, because he had such a heavy hand in the early days of this regime, uh, that's always going to be sticky. That's always going to be tricky with Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's just the unfortunate reality of his successes and the dynamics in the locker room and him being a free agent and how the Dolphins chose to handle him down the stretch with him being a closer to come in and try and you know make some things happen. So I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick can be back, but I think that kind of player is the right kind of player to have in the fray for the Dolphins. So we shift our eyes and we look at what the backup quarterback market looks like. I think the top free agent names at the quarterback position are Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mitchell Trubisky's a free agent. Of course, Dak Prescott is not under contract, but nobody's signing Dak Prescott to be a backup quarterback. I don't care how ugly the leg injury was last year. Trubisky, he at least intrigues me, but you look at the deal that like Marcus Mariota got in the offseason last year. He got like $10 million per Marcus Mariota did to be the backup in Las Vegas to Derek Carr. There's some similarities as far as the mobility that he brings to the table. Former high draft pick. Hasn't really lived up to expectations. Uh, has plenty of struggles. But f- a physically talented passer. Uh, I think Trubisky, because if the regardless of whether or not the Dolphins choose to be really aggressive in free agency, I think Trubisky's price point as a quote-unquote discount player is is probably going to be outside the strike zone of what the Dolphins are going to want to spend at the backup quarterback spot. So you're probably going to have to go with somebody who's a little bit older, who has a little bit of a lower ceiling, but you know can get you through a two- or three-game bridge if he has to, thanks to his experience. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up. So, head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code LOCKED ON. So, if not Mitchell Trubisky amongst the more attractive or appealing names in the backup quarterback market, then who? Some of the names that qualify as veterans that I would be at least interested in kicking the tires on if I'm the Dolphins, none of these names are going to be sexy. I'm going to tell you that right now. So please buckle in. Try not to get too overwhelmed by the names I'm throwing out here. Tarod Taylor. Colt McCoy. Brian Hoyer. Andy Dalton. I don't think names like Joe Flacco qualify. Jacoby Brissett from the Colts. Uh, He's interesting. He has a Patriots background, so there's a bit of a familiarity there with Brian Flores. But Brissett is more of a traditional pocket passer. I look at guys like Colt McCoy. He's a little bit more athletic. Andy Dalton, a little bit more athletic. Terod Taylor... A little bit more athletic. I think each one of those guys gives you a little something to... Remember Matt Moore? Quarterback Matt Moore. He's out in Kansas City. and He's living his best life. He's one of like three former Dolphins quarterbacks on the roster between him and Chad Henney. And Matt came in for a stretch of play there for a while. And played admirably fun amounts of football. Matt Moore was the quarterback who started the Dolphins' last postseason appearance. He was the backup to Ryan Tannehill in 2016 when Tannehill got hurt, tore his ACL, and they had to finish the stretch. And, but Matt Moore, what he was able to provide the Dolphins was a little bit of bravado, a little bit of fearlessness, just a little bit of something for off script and just enough physical skill as a passer. I think Andy Dalton, at this point in his career, certainly qualifies as that kind of player, but he, coming off the bulk of work that he had in Dallas, is yet another player, like a Mitchell Trubisky, that's probably going to price himself out of what the Dolphins ideally would like to spend on a backup quarterback. So this is this is the ultimate kind of sticking point for what direction the Dolphins actually go here because a lot of these players are going to have price points that you say, "Ah, I don't know if we can do it. Dallas got Andy Dalton on a steal last year. One year, $3 million contract with a $2 million signing bonus. You can get that great. But I don't think Andy Dalton at this point, after the play that he put on display last year, is going to be a $3 million a year guy. He completed 65% of his passes for 2,100 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. 87.3 quarterback rating. On a Dallas team that ended up being a dumpster fire, he was 4-5 and five as the starter. Pretty admirable stuff. I think Terod Taylor makes a lot of sense. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, if you saw hard knocks last year with the Chargers, uh, he commands a great deal of respect. He definitely strikes me as a Brian Flores type player with his work ethic and his commitment to getting better. And, uh, he played the last two years with the Chargers on a two year, $11 million contract. So it's five and a half per season. And that is for Tyrod Taylor pretty much exactly what you're going to get his career earnings per season he played his first 4 years from 2011 to 2014 on the Baltimore Ravens on a rookie contract never made more than 650k 2015 in Buffalo 1.1 million 2016 in Buffalo entrenched as a starter 9.5 2017 Buffalo 145 2018, Cleveland, 16, $6 million roster bonus. And then the last two years, $6 million, $5 million. He got a contract from Buffalo, five year extension. In 2016, five years, $90 million. By 2017, he'd restructured a two-year, thirty million dollar restructured deal. And then was traded. For twenty after 2017, so the two-year, $30 million contract that he had, the restructured deal, that expired. His next contract was the one that he got from the Chargers for two years, $11 million. That's probably the kind of price point I'm comfortable with, five or so per season. I think Andy Dalton's probably priced himself out of that, although it's hard to say with the uh, quarterback market, and, and the free agency situation being what it is with the salary cap, perhaps you can get Andy Dalton. I would rather have Andy Dalton than Terod Taylor, but I'd ha- I'd rather have Terod Taylor than say Colt McCoy or Brian Hoyer. And that that's just me personally. Colt McCoy was on a one year, two point two five million dollar contract. So like these are the kind of quarterbacks that Miami's probably gonna have the wiggle room for three million or so budget. So if you set the the ceiling, let's be a little bit gracious here. Four between four and five. Your options are literally the Colt McCoy's, to Rod Taylor's, Joe Flacco's, like Dak. No, he's way out of that, and he's probably going to get the franchise tag. Jacoby Brissett's uh, salary last year was five fifteen million. Trubisky's salary last year was seven point two. Fitzpatrick five five. Terod Taylor, 5'5", A.J. McCarron, RG3, speaking of injury issues, if we're worried about Tua, Matt Barkley, Nate Sudfeld, Cam Newton, Mike Lennon, Geno Smith, Jameis Winston's probably going to get another shot with New Orleans, C.J. Bethard, Like, where's the quarterback in free agency that has, I don't even think Beathard qualifies because he doesn't have the game experience. You at least look at Terod Taylor, and you look at Andy Dalton, and both of these guys have significant starting experience on their resumes, and I think that's valuable. Being in the league, sure, that helps, but actually having significant starting experience, that's what I want Tua to have at his disposal. So for me, Dolphins, you know, the, the, continue to ask the question, who should the Dolphins have as their backup quarterback in 2021? For me, it's either Terod Taylor or Andy Dalton. I'd rather have Andy Dalton, but I'm aware that his price point may be out of Miami's comfort range because he played respectably well on the one-year, $3 million dollar deal he signed with Dallas. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Bilt Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Bilt Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less. Up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a changeup in your diet, visit buildbar.com. Use promo code Locked On, and you can save 20% off your next order of billbar. Bar. That's buildbar.com. Promo code Locked On to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. An NFL draft-related nugget to close today's show. Uh, Exos had their training combined, whatever you want to call it, over the course of the weekend. And there is a development that I think is is worth mentioning for us as Dolphins fans, and it was the forty time for Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman. You know The, the conversation and narrative pertaining to to the Dolphins, in the 2020 NFL draft is much more frequently tied into one of the quote-unquote big three. Waddle, Chase, Smith, Kyle Pitts, you can put him in their top ten selections. Does Miami draft one at three? Do you trade back with Carolina or San Francisco? If you trade back with San Francisco, are any of those four guys going to be there? Blah, blah, blah. What about Rashad Bateman at eighteen? Bateman ran a 4-3-9 laser-timed 40-yard dash at the Exos training facility as a part of their combine-esque workout. And that, to me, is a major win for Rashad Bateman, who's listed at 6'1", 210 pounds. Uh, Bateman wins in a lot of ways that I think are relevant to the Miami Dolphins. He's not a quote-unquote small receiver. He's dense. He's built well. Uh, And while he's not quite as gadgety, or I don't think he's as fluid as what Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State was as a player that the Dolphins were reportedly interested in, I watch Rashad Bateman and he wins in the middle of the field and he wins an RPO game a ton because Minnesota at the college level ran RPOs to death. And Bateman consistently running into the teeth of the defense, finding first and second windows for throwing lanes. On the off chance and occasion that he actually caught a ball in stride because the ball was accurate. He put up some pretty consistent uh, yards after catch. And in 2019, over the course of a full season, he had 1,200 yards on 60 receptions and averaged over 20 yards per catch with 11 touchdowns. Rashad Bateman now, with all of that, just ran out and ran (laughs) sub-4-4. Is he an option at 18? For me, he should be. If you're going to draft Penny Sewell... You're gonna trade out, or you're gonna move that pick, or whatever you choose. Micah Parsons, which I think you got just as good of a shot at getting him at 18. So like, I'm not advocating that at all. You want to go with an edge rusher, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do at three. If it's not one of the wide receivers, Rashad Bateman at 18 is a fit that I think I could really get behind. And that's exciting because as we continue to flesh out the different kinds of combinations of who can get slotted where to Miami in the draft order and what different combinations you could start to get, wide receiver's been so often pegged as like, man, we gotta have it. So we're just gonna assume it's gonna be the first pick that they use is on a wide receiver. But if it's not, Rashad Bateman at 18... And then you take best running back available if it's Javante Williams, if Najee Harris manages to get through this gauntlet of like Jacksonville and the Jets and Pittsburgh and Buffalo, and he gets through that and he's there at 36? Yes. But Rashad Bateman, check the tape. Check the tape. You see how often he's winning into the middle of the field how he can go attack the football in the air. He has some concentration drops on his tape, and I'm not going to pretend that he doesn't. But I do think Rashad Bateman is a kind of wide receiver from an athletic skill set perspective, from a mental and physical toughness perspective, and a versatility perspective that I think the Dolphins would notice and have a role for. House of Athlete will be having a workout in Miami this weekend. I believe it's at the soccer stadium on Thursday and Friday. I will be in town for that workout. I'm excited about that. Excited to get a chance to get down and see some of these athletes. Kadarius Tony will be there. Travis Etienne will be there. So there's some Dolphins relevant players who are going to be partaking in the House of Athlete workout. Look forward to keeping you guys in the loop on that as we kind of get these quasi-combine, combine combine replacement testing, whatever it is. I'm not complaining. But we got a lot to set the table for in free agency over the course of the next two weeks. We have a lot to set the table for as it pertains to the NFL draft over the course of the next two months. So hit subscribe on the podcast, follow along, all offseason long. We'll keep you in the loop because we are locked in here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening. Tomorrow's Power to the Pod, so submit your questions at Grinding the Tape or at Locked on Fins on Twitter with hashtag Power to the Pod.